0: there. This is Tom Singer, and you are about to listen to one of the first episodes of NSA's newest podcast, Speakernomics. If you like this episode, subscribe to our new show to get weekly insights about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. Subscribe to Speakernomics today by searching for it wherever you listen to podcasts, or at spkr.bz/speakernomics. Welcome to Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're talking to Sylvia Henderson. She is awesome, and we are gonna go really deep into sort of a mindset mindset shift of things you can do to make more money in the speaking business. So, Sylvia, before we get started, what are two tips that you have for speakers on how they can make more money?
1: My number one tip is Treat the speaking business like a business and have systems and processes in place. And we're going to go more in depth on that. And my second tip is accept that we are in a hybrid world. We will continue to be. So up level your skills, focus yourself and Be ready for this hybrid environment. Well,
0: I am so excited that you are a guest here on Speakernomics. So, Sylvia, what she does for a living is she helps individuals and organizations. She helps them get ideas Out of their head and into action. And I'll tell you what, as we go into this really weird world following uh, what's gone on with COVID, we have a lot of ideas in our head and we need to get them out. So, Sylvia, can you tell me a little bit about your business and and what you do? I know you've been an NSA member now coming up on 20 years.
1: Yep, I can't believe it. So, the business, I, I run a company. So I have. We say my company, Mind Team Solutions. It's an organizational and leadership development firm, is what I like to say. So I, I have a business. It's incorporated, and so therefore my mindset is: I am the CEO. I speak in order to gain visibility and credibility, but I am the CEO of this business, and I need to run this like a business. And that's what we do. We go into companies, and we do organizational and leadership work, and you know that spans any number of things, but that's the brief answer.
0: (laughs) Well, I love that idea of, I am the CEO of this business, and my job is to grow the business, which kind of is in line with the first tip that you gave us at the top of the interview, which was run it like a business and have systems and processes in place. So let's
1: talk about that. For those who are listening, and they may be in the early stages of their, quote, speaking career, that's air quotes, this took a while to realize. So I don't want people to think, ooh, I jumped right in and knew what I was doing. Now, I had the advantage of coming from a large corporation, so I had that business kind of a foundation, but t- to realize that this is a business and not an ego, ooh, I'm on stage kind of thing, took a while to realize and took a while to develop because I can do a lot of the nitty-gritty. And I, so I had to learn, and I'm doing now, And what I advise people to think about is to look at the things that only you can do and then hand off, whether it's higher, whether it's, I mean, there's so many, I can take three hours to do a business class, but hand off what you don't need to be doing to others in order to grow. Now, if quote speaking for the stage and the ego and the applause is your thing, then that's a different tact. So I'm going to get into some of the systems and processes that help me, that we do in our company, and that we have our, our clients do in terms of getting what's up here in their heads out and implement it. I don't know if you want to ask questions in sure. between that or not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sure, no, we'll just have we'll just have just a fun conversation. So here's here's the thing. You talk about that fact that a lot of people, yourself included, I'll be honest, me too, get into speaking with a little bit of that ego. I always laugh when people say, Oh, I have no ego. It's like y- you don't choose to get on stage unless you like it a little bit but it can be it can be intoxicating it can be overpowering so how do people make that shift from ooh i kind of like being that person on stage to i am running a business
1: as they say in NSA the sage on the stage i think it comes down to number 1 finances financial security at least these are the two things that hit me financial security and The impact I'm making on on the world, if that that sounds big and bold, but that's, you know, vision is big and bold. So financial security and impact. Uh, The quick, the brief flow. I started out in a major company, you know, making a salary. Okay, I was happy. Uh, When things happened and I came on my own, at first it was, ooh, hey, I'm on stage in these audiences and I'm an extrovert. And so it was a really internal thing that people were clapping. It took a few years to realize I'm not getting financially independent this way. And am I really influencing the world? Great show. They leave. They forget who I am. That moved to training, where I thought, ooh, I'm going to impart skills, which is what I did in corporate world. Again, I finally came to the realization, training, I come in, I do a great job, I've got great materials, but these people are going to do exactly what I did. I took that beautiful leather binder with the fancy planner pages that went back on the shelf, and we went back to doing what we were doing before. So that led to, now I'm going to coach. I'm going to influence people. Uh, I found out that I cared more about their progress than they did. And so I finally decided, okay, to really make money, I need big Long-term clients and and contracts, that's back to corporate. So now I am working with corporate, not in corporate. And so that was my transformation and what kind of hit my head. And now I am on the path to learning investments, which means financial independence, on and on.
0: So you went from what I would call sort of a traditional speaking business through this transformation to now where you have this, this consulting business where you're, you're getting big, highly paid contracts, and yet you're still using that, that speaking skill to get in front of these clients and to actually find the deals. Is that what you're doing? Your speaking feeds your consulting business?
1: Yes, exactly. And here's where the focus comes in. Now, lots of ideas, many listeners or viewers out there have got lots of ideas as speakers and can speak on many topics. So here's where the focus comes in and here's where the the systems and structure come in. With a lot of work, identify really why you speak and why you want to be in front of an audience. So for for me, I finally realized, do I get hyped when I see a 2,000-person audience? Oh, yeah, I still do. I got ego. I still do. When they stand up and clap, oh, yeah. I mean, that's like a charge. Yeah. However, because when you're not focused, when you don't know exactly why you're speaking, and I believe in free, complimentary speaking, and the reason I believe in that is because I do it to get business. I mean, I am focused. I will do free speeches if it's the right audience. And I see decision makers, or I know decision makers will be there in order to have a conversation. That's usually my call to action. Let's have a conversation. Uh, you know, I've got products from 20 years, so of course there's some back-of-the-room sales to get rid of the stuff. <laughs> So, but,
0: so you bring up a point that makes a lot of people in the speaker world and some in the National Speakers Association cringe. Where you said, "Hey, I will for the right audience. I will speak for free." And so let's talk a little bit about that. Why does speaking for free make you money?
1: Many, you know, keynoters who get twenty and thirty thousand dollars a speech. And I know we're not we don't talk money uh, in NSA, but that's fine. And but, but look at what happened. Look at what happened through twenty twenty. I know many friends and colleagues who are at that keynote level who were devastated. That's right, because state they were stage dependent is what i call it hmm. now there's a there's a system and a strategy for that also and we're doing it right now so if if skills haven't been up leveled and equipment hasn't been up leveled in the last 10 months i'm not sure what you stage dependent speakers has been doing <laughs> because there are new opportunities here and i'm speaking more now and reaching more people and getting more phone calls because I'm speaking for free in this medium than I even did before in person, although I still want in person. (laughs) Free speaking, I stopped saying free. You notice I stopped myself in the middle. I call it complimentary. To me, speaking is marketing, and I think that had to get into my head. Speaking is marketing, and it's verifying our smarts and inviting people to talk further. Yes, I might speak to 2,000 people and get five Phone calls, but those five phone calls, because they're the right people, are yielding more results longer term.
0: So you mentioned that in this new environment, and by that you mean this virtual and this hybrid world that have come out because of the, the COVID crisis. I heard you say that one of the things you talk about in your speeches is sort of what you call 2020 vision and the corrective lenses. And that has to do with everything that's happened and how people have to shift. So how do speakers need to shift to make more money?
1: Well, I addressed that a little bit already, but uh, even more specifically. So I call this 2020, um, the corrective lenses because the goals and the plans, and I'm all about having a vision and making goals and plans at the beginning of a year and changing them quarterly, normally anyway, definitely had to change now. Again, remember, I come from corporate where strategy and quarterly check-ins were the norm. So I got that business background just from... You know, 20 years in a, we'll just say, a major technology company. <laughs> uh, so, so, the goals and the plans that started out the beginning of this year, because I have strategy sessions with myself and then with my company, another idea to have, I know I'll shift slightly, the end of the year, the last week after Christmas for me, is a going underground business planning in place uh, time for the next year, has been for years. A fellow NSA or Marquesa Petway CSP, got that into my head years ago. So I'll shout out to her. Anyway, uh, back to the goals and the plans you set for 2020. They are, I say, don't abandon them. You simply need to reformulate them, which to me is like getting new prescriptions for your glasses. That's why I call it uh, corrective lenses. Um, I say, if you accomplished very little that you expected to accomplish in 2020, don't look back in regret. So, some of what I also know, I don't talk about mindset a lot, but I know mindset is a part of this. Stop looking back now that the new year has started and regret. I didn't get those goals. I didn't get those plans done. Look ahead. Merge Merge what you were planning to do in 2020 with what you'd like to get done in 2021, and the, it, it'll you know, change a little bit, and then rework your strategy for 2021. I get tired of hearing new normal and, oh, like, like it was in the past. You know, the before time is done. I'm a Star Trek lover, so <laughs> the before time is done. It's, it's time to seek out new life and new civilization and boldly know where no one's gone before. So
0: it's interesting because you talk about a strategy session and sort of a corporate check-in. So many of us speakers are solopreneurs. We don't necessarily have a company or a team. What are some tips that you have? I know that you have sort of like a one-page plan formula that you teach your clients on how they can do this. Could you share with us a little bit about the what and the how of how speakers can do these these check-ins and these planning?
1: So I started. I started out solo. I just became. We just became a company with an actual business partner and some people in the last three years. So again, this is an evolution. Now your business is all real. The evolution. It just went faster <laughs> in the last eleven months. But uh, so having having other people has just happened recently. Recently, so I started out solo, and I have always been a doer. Yet also I've got t- I've always had tons of ideas and I finally realized after it took 10 years of on my own to realize you're doing a lot how much are you really accomplishing that you set out to do you know, I spent thousands of dollars in all of these programs, some from many of my NSA colleagues, and they were good programs, but I still found myself not accomplishing everything I had set out to accomplish. And so to shorten this ex- explanation, I'm good at creating systems and structure. I found myself one December, several years ago now, standing in front of a blank easel chart page. Hey, I'm a trainer. I love easel charts. So, and, and I thought, how do I change? How do I actually turn what I set out in January into accomplishment by the end of next year? And I just started thinking about how I think I have goals on one page. This is why I call it a one page plan on one flip chart page or easel page. I started out just post-it notes. Here are my three to five goals for next year there's another whole lesson in goal setting, but here are my three to five goals for next year. Then I thought, so for each of these, how in the heck, what are the milestones? What are the key performance indicators taking the corporate work? What are the projects and the priorities and the people needed to reach these goals? Then what's the timeline? Let's say time is linear. So I might have 15 different projects ideas whatever you want to call them but can i really get them done in 12 months so i literally mapped out on a timeline with the little little triangles marking dates and all that for each of these when can they get done started finding out whoa these all can't get done in this 12 month period so and i'm talking to myself so this is a strategy session with myself And so which can be deferred, which can be lengthened, which can be simultaneously worked on. So all of that is going on in my head. And then on this one page of of Easel Chart, and then I thought, well, we don't run our schedules by timeline. We run them on our calendar. So let me get my calendar and let me deal with the forest and the trees because so many times we jump to our schedules and it's, ooh, I accomplished, this week got done, this week got done, I backed off and I said, there are commitments, and this is part of the process, there are commitments that are already on the calendar, conferences, events, birthdays, weddings, vacation, Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that whole fill the jar with rocks and stones and pebbles and then water. I I used to teach that in time management. So I said, let me take my own lessons and look at my calendar with the rocks, the stones, the jars. And they were the commitments already made, the commitments that were unmovable, um, and that's personal and professional. And then how do all these new ideas flow into the calendar? And I worked on that. And this is hours worth of work, but a strategy session with myself. What the result was and is and continues to be, and what I work with clients on now, is that calendar can easily, still on one page, yes, it's messy, but now I've got whole forms, you know, of course, that calendar flows back to the timeline, flows back to the priorities and the key performance indicators, flows back to the goals that... I set to form them flows back to the vision that created the goals. It's all visible. It stays visible on my office wall and when I get that phone call that, and I'm go, "Ooh, squirrel, I can turn over and look at that one-page plan and go, "Ooh, I've got 15 things going for January or February. Is this opportunity better than something already planned?" Or do I need to say no? And I mean, this, that was just a, a, a nutshell of the process. But this process is agnostic of any tech tool. I don't care what you use. I don't care what your business model is. I don't care if it's one person or an entire organization. The system, the process can be translated across the board. It works for creatives who need to have colors and pictures on their plan, and it works for that linear, true corporate person that doesn't deal with all of that. So I'm now exhausted, but that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the process. My one-page plan.
0: So I assume that uh, somebody can get a hold of your one-page plan. Is there a way to get a copy of that?
1: Of course, I'm a speaker. I have calls to action. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, so for my NSA colleagues, you know, I obviously am not selling a thing. So I'd say I've got two major calls to action. They can get they can get this one page plan for themselves. Just get the document. Uh, at my company name. Uh, company URL is mindteamsolutions. M I N D team T E A M solutions. catalog. Simple. They just scroll down the catalog and they'll see a click here for your one-page plan worksheet, and you can just you'll get it for free. That's my gift. For more questions about it and a deeper dive, I did some Fresh Talk Fridays in the NSA Vault uh, right before Influence this year, so they can find that, um, which is a benefit of being in NSA. Or give me a call. Find me on LinkedIn. Sylvia Henderson, and I have all of my contact information on LinkedIn instead of hiding stuff like people do.
0: (laughs) So one of the things I loved about sort of researching you before we did this interview was this whole concept of, you know, sort of how you help people sort of Pull those ideas and actually put them into action. So, obviously, for people who have not a consulting business, but have what I would call that more traditional speaker model business, a lot of people have been really devastated over the past coming up on a year. What can people do if they have an idea for a way to diversify? What can they do to actually get that out of their head and into action?
1: Another one of my, and I said ideas out of your head and into action is is sort of a byline. Another one of my bylines for our business is when people come together, great things happen. When we have ideas, so I am a partner of, I can't tell you how many mastermind groups. In fact, I had to cut them down. Whether you're a mastermind group, whether it's a huddle of two or three other people of like-mind, Napoleon Hill's mastermind concept, uh, of like-mind but different experiences, I firmly believe that if you've got ideas, sometimes you just need other people to help you sort them out, firm them up, and focus as part of one of the processes that I teach. So... What I challenge some of my speaker colleagues on who over the year, over this year have said, but I do a, I need to do this in person. My challenge every time has been, let's re-examine that. What can we do? What can you do virtually that realizes the same results so that I think that last word realizes the same results or gives the same value is something that has to be differentiated from maybe have the same experience. I know we talk about experience a lot, and that's still important. You know, we we both got certified as e speaker virtual speakers because we wanted to up level the experience of being on Zoom or other platforms. Yet, not everybody does this, has the equipment to do this. Did I say, what's the end result that you achieved when you were in person? What's the end feeling that you achieved when you were on stage with your audience? And now let's think of ways to make that happen virtually or hybrid or what added value can you give to, to, to get those same results for your market, for your audience? Because this world has given so much more opportunity. I can send PDFs. I can create all kinds of cool stuff online and move people to it that I couldn't do when I was standing on stage in person.
0: So, Sylvia, are you optimistic about the future of the speaking business?
1: Completely. Now, emphasize business. When you say speaking business, I am optimistic. There's so much we can learn for free and for fee There, we NSA. Oh my gosh. Our colleagues, when being involved in NSA, the more people see you're involved, the more people see you give and I've experienced this, the more they're willing to give. I've gotten thousands of dollars of consulting from peers because I give. Um, And so, I mean, that's a lesson to those who are listening also. So there's just so many ways to up-level your skills and up-level your tools. And yes, I am very optimistic and it's helped me change and grow my business model.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and being a guest on on Speakernomics. And everybody who's listening, please join us next week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat.